welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Before we do get started, I do want to let you know that uh, the show is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners as our listener support campaign continues. And I particularly want to thank uh, Patricia and uh, also Karen so much for their support. We'll send along access to the premium site. And in addition, for all donations of $20 or more, we'll send you one ebook and one additional thank you gift of your choice. You have a choice of seven ebooks and then uh, an additional thank you gift among the items available. At the $20 level, uh, we can send you a Perry Mason audio drama from our friends at Colonial Radio Theater on the air. This is not uh, based on the 1950s TV show, but rather on the original book Spiral Stanley Gardner. And they're very well acted, very entertaining, and we'll send you one of these uh, releases for any donation of $20 or more. Also, at the $100 level, if you like Johnny Dollar, we will send you either Volume 1, The Pre-Bailey Years, Volume 2, The Bailey Years, or Volume 3, The Post-Bailey Years, in John C. Abbott's very well-written Who is Johnny Dollar book, which contains a complete episode guide for each era. And uh, it's a great resource for fans of the show. Uh, you can also find out what happened in lost episodes because uh, Mr. Abbott went to the library there in Thousand Oaks, got the details, and we'll send you one volume for a donation of $100 or more, or all three for $250 or more listeners in the U.S. and Canada. You can support the show, support.greatdetectives.net. You can also mail in the donation, uh, and we'll let you check that out on the website since we're running kind of long on the opening statement. Uh, So now it's time for today's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air date, November the 3rd of 1957, and the title is The Model Picture Matter. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Pat McCracken, Johnny Universal Adjustment Bureau. Oh, hi, Pat. What's on your mind? A beautiful model, name of Dorothy Blair. Ooh, hey, wait. The girl with the million-dollar face? That's the one. Well, you probably got company. Hmm? She's on a lot of people's minds. Well, she's no daydream to me. She's a nightmare. How come? Well, that face of hers may not be worth quite a million, but it's worth at least a hundred thousand. That's what we've got it insured for. So? So it looks like somebody's trying to tear it up. The policy? No, her face. She got flushed last night. Want to look? At her? Sure, I'll be right over. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. 
to the Home Office, Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the model picture matter. Expense account item one, $1.20 for a taxi from my apartment to your office, Pat, where I picked up Dorothy Blair's address, then headed for New York. That's item two, thirty-six twenty. I arrived at her apartment just as the doctor left. Even with a couple of bandages on her face, I think you've got a bargain, Pat, insuring it for only 100000 I guess I'm lucky, Mr. Dollar. My doctor says there won't be any permanent scars. Well, uh, just what happened, Miss Blair? Well, I came home last evening about dinner time. I opened the door to my apartment here and started to reach for the light switch, then suddenly I saw a shape beside me in the dark. Uh-huh. And? Before I could do anything, he, he hit me on the side of the head. I think it was a gun. It stunned me and I fell to the floor. Then what? I... I remember hearing the door slam. When I could get on my feet and turn on the light, whoever it was, it's gone. I see. You think it could have been a burglar looking for money or valuables? I don't think it was a burglar, Mr. Dollar. You mean you have some idea who it was? Well? Jerry Dunsmuir. Who's he? A fashion photographer. A creep, Mr. Dollar. Oh? The real article, believe me. They ought to put that guy's eyes in jail. You modeled for him before? About a year ago. I swore I'd never do it again, and I didn't. Until yesterday. Yeah, well, go on. Jerry'd gotten a commission to do a spread on winter fashion. He wanted to make some street shots with me and Tweed. Things like that. Street shots? Well, I figured the street would be a lot safer for me than his studio. But it didn't turn out that way, huh? No. After the second picture, he started in again with the same old line. And he's not very subtle, believe me. So? So I walked out on him. He didn't like it. But is that enough reason for him to break into your apartment and slug you? It wouldn't be for most people. But like I say, he's a creep. Yeah. Okay, Miss Blair. Thanks. I'll have a talk with Dunsmuir. And that was easier said than done. I took a cab to his address. That's item three, $1.60. But the studio was locked up tight. So I contacted my old friend, Detective Lieutenant Al Rico, at 18th Precinct Headquarters. You think you've got troubles, Johnny? Try some of mine on for size. Oh, like what, Al? Like an unsolved murder I got tossed in my lap. Oh, that one I've been reading about. The girl up in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edith Summers. No lead. Sure, real fat lead, except it's no good. Her ex-boyfriend, Ed Chatsworth. Lots of motive, but no case. Alibi? Airtight. So I got troubles. Now tell me yours. Mine? Well, I'm trying to get a lead on a fashion photographer named Jerry Dunsmuir. Dunsmuir? I never heard of him. How come you're interested? Dorothy Blair got slugged last evening. Oh, yeah, yeah. The girl with the million-dollar face. I heard about it. She thinks Dunsmuir might have done it. I went up to his studio to have a talk with him, but it was locked up. Well, I'll have her files checked, but if we had anything hot on him, I think I'd remember. Yeah. Well, it was just a chance. Uh, excuse me. Rico. What? Yeah. Okay, I'll be right down. It was about your Jerry Dunsmuir, Johnny. Oh? A couple of my boys have found him. Great. Yeah. They found him floating face down in the river. Yeah. 
Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the model picture matter. <laughs> Expense account item four, a dollar eighty, cab fare back to Dorothy Blair's apartment. She had company. I'd like you to meet Edward Chandler, Johnny. Hi. Glad to meet you, Mr. Dollar. Dorothy, I wonder if I could talk to you for a few minutes. Why? Certainly. Well, I've got to be running along anyway. Is it still okay for dinner, honey? Uh, sure. Eight o'clock. I'll pick you up. Bye, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, so long, Chandler. Dorothy. Did you talk to Jerry Dunsmuir? Now, look, you say Dunsmuir tried to get a date with you while he was taking some fashion shots. I'd be on the street yesterday. That's right. He was pretty persistent about it. That's putting it mildly, John. And you think Dunsmuir is the one who was hiding in your apartment and slugged you last evening? Yes. I think he must have been the one. Why, who else could it have been? And why are you asking me all this again? There's... There's nothing you haven't told me, Dorothy. Of course not. Why? Well, the police just fished Dunsmuir's body out of the river. He was... I haven't seen the medical examiner's report yet, but it's a good bet. People don't usually go for a swim with all their clothes on. But who could... Johnny, you... You certainly don't think I had anything to do with it. I didn't say that, Dorothy. But your tone of voice, the question. Look, I'm telling you the truth, Johnny. Can you prove it? I can prove the part about him taking pictures of me yesterday. This manila envelope. It came in the mail today. Here. It's from Dunsmuir's studio. He always sends me prints. See? Here's one of me in a tweed coat. Here's one in a fingertip leg. Okay, okay. So he took pictures. I still want to know why you think it was Dunsmuir who slugged you if you couldn't see his face in the dark. Why? I guess because of the way he looked at me yesterday afternoon when I told him to stay away from me, not to call me again for a job. Well, Johnny, believe me. You didn't see him after that, huh? Unless, of course, he was the one who slugged you in the dark. No. I didn't have anything to do with... with what happened to him. And I don't know who did. It's the truth, Johnny. Okay, Dorothy, if it is, I'll find out sooner or later. But if it isn't, I'll find that out, too. Maybe Dorothy Blair was leveling with me. But there were a few pretty important facts I didn't know. Was it really Dunsmuir who'd slugged her? And who killed Dunsmuir? And why? Also, this fellow I'd met at Dorothy's apartment, Edward Chandler... Where had I seen his face before? Item five, a dollar seventy-five, cab fare to Dunsmuir's studio. A blonde secretary named Susan Billings was just closing up when I got there. She looked pretty dragged out. Please, please, Mister Dollar, I've already told the police all I know. Right now, I don't exactly need any more questions. What you need right now, Susan, is a drink. Come on. <laughs> Feeling better, Susan? Oh, yes. Thanks. 
But I, I really don't know anything that would help you, Mr. Dollar. How long did you work for Jerry Dunsmuir? About a year. And you can't think of anyone who would have reason to kill him? Nobody. You know he had uh, quite a reputation for being sort of uh, eager with some of the models. That was a long time ago, Mr. Dollar. He'd changed. Not according to Dorothy Blair. I'm not interested in Dorothy Blair or lies about Jerry. Tell me, do you happen to know a man named Edward Chandler? I met him at her apartment. No. Did Jerry Dunsmuir ever mention him? Not that I remember. Hmm. So you think Dunsmuir had straightened himself out that year? I know he had. How can you be sure? He told me. Oh, but You see, Mr. Dollar, Jerry and I, we were going to be married. Either Dorothy had been lying to me about what kind of a guy Dunsmuir was, or else Susan had been living in a dream world. Either way, I was fresh out of leaves. I headed back to Lieutenant Rico's office, hoping I'd find some there. Johnny, the only thing we know for sure about Dunsmuir is that he sure had a weakness for women. Yeah, but Susan Billings believes that she was his one true love. I know, and I've been thinking about her. Maybe she found out about Dunsmuir's activities and didn't like it. It's a possibility, but if she knows more than she's told us, she's a pretty good actress. Uh-huh. The same goes for Dorothy Blair, which reminds me I want to have another talk with Dorothy. I picked up a couple of names out of Dunsmuir's past, and I want to see if they mean anything to her. Want to come along? Sure, but we'll have to hurry. Hurry? Why? She has a dinner date with a guy named Chandler at 8 o'clock, and it's a quarter to two right now. Okay, let's go. There, that's her apartment house right ahead. Wait a minute. Isn't that Dorothy coming out the front door? Yeah, with Chandler. Come on, we can still catch Hold him. it. What's that? Who'd you say he was? A friend of hers. His name is Chandler. I met him in her apartment this afternoon. Johnny, remember when you came to see me today, I told you I had a murder case in my lap? I mean, before the Dunsmuir murder? Sure, a girl, Edith Summers. I told you her ex-boyfriend was the logical suspect, except that he had an alibi. Ed Chatsworth. Oh, hey, wait a minute. I knew I'd seen that guy's picture somewhere. It was in the paper. Dorothy introduced him as Chandler. But his real name is Chatsworth. And now it turns out he's a friend of Dorothy's. And you said either Dorothy had told us all she knew or she was a pretty good actress. Yeah. Well, it looks to me like she's a pretty good actress. of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the model picture matter. Well, it had started out as a real simple assignment, but it hadn't stayed that way long. All of a sudden, we had two murders on our hands, and it looked like there was a connection between them. Now, watching Dorothy Blair leave her apartment with Ed Chatsworth, we realized that she was somehow right in the middle of them. They're driving off in his car. Going to tail him, Al? 
It won't be necessary. Ever since I questioned Chatsworth about the Edith Summers killing, I've had a tale on him. No, Johnny, what we better do right now is start putting some pieces together and see what they add up to. Okay. The first victim was Edith Summers, killed in her apartment, the Blackton Arms. And you figure that her ex-boyfriend, Ed Chatsworth, had the motive. Well, we heard that Chatsworth wanted to drop her, but she wouldn't drop him. But you say he has an alibi. Two people swear he was out of the city the day that she was killed. All right, all right. Dorothy Blair gets slugged in her apartment. She thinks the photographer, Dunsmuir, did it. Then Dunsmuir winds up dead that night. Right. And now we find out Dorothy and Chatsworth are friends. Begins to add up, Johnny. Uh, you think Chatsworth was trying to drop Edith Summers for Dorothy? If so, maybe they rigged a deal. Chatsworth was to get out of town while Dorothy handled Edith Summers. Ah, in that case, you're figuring Dunsmuir found out about the deal and came to blackmail Dorothy. Right. She won't go for it, so he slugs her. Then either she or Chatsworth or both of them decide to close Dunsmuir's mouth for keeps. Ah, that's a possibility, Al. Yeah. It is a possibility, isn't it? Al dropped me off at my hotel and headed back to his office. Item six, two dollars, drinks. While I thought about the picture Al and I had built up to explain the killing. Well, it was all pretty logical, but somehow I couldn't buy it. Maybe like Al had hinted, that million-dollar face had gotten to me. If I could only talk to her alone, I felt I could find out if she was lying. About ten o'clock, I went back to her apartment. No answer. Probably still out to dinner. I was about to leave when she stepped off the elevator. Why, Johnny, what are you... Hello, Dorothy. I'd like to talk to you. Well, I'm afraid I haven't time right now. Oh? Mr. Chandler's just parking his car. He'll be up in a few minutes. We have business. Your friend will have to wait. I want to talk with you. Why? All right. For just a minute. I don't understand all this, Johnny. Well, let's start out calling your friend Chandler by his real name, huh? Why? Ed Chatsworth. I don't understand. I thought his name was Chandler. Oh, yeah? What's this all about, Johnny? Oh, drop the act, Dorothy. I suppose the name Chatsworth doesn't mean anything to you. Why, no, it doesn't. How about Edith Summers? Wait. She was the girl who was killed the day before yesterday. She sure was. I read about it in the papers. But I didn't know her, Johnny. You're sure you and Chatsworth didn't happen to arrange her death? Johnny. What's this all about? And your friend Dunsmuir, he wasn't by any chance trying to blackmail you? I don't know what you were talking about. Please, believe me. I didn't have anything to do with either of those killings. Johnny, I swear it. Okay, okay, Dorothy. I, I guess I never could buy it. But I don't get this buddy-buddy routine, you and Ed Chatsworth. I only met Ed Chatsworth, or Chandler, as he called himself, yesterday. You? Let's hear that again. That's right. He said he was organizing a big promotion and wanted to feature me in it. Why would he give you a line like that? I didn't realize it was a line. He sounded very convincing. He said he wanted to see some of my pictures to see if Pictures? I'd... Pictures? Wait a minute. Those pictures Dunsmuir took of you. Ed's coming up any minute to see them. He wanted to see some outdoor shots, he said. When did Dunsmuir take those shots? 
The day before yesterday. The day Edith was killed. Where did he take them? Wait. He moved around from place to place. You still have the pictures? Right there on the table. Come on, let's take a look. Are these all that he took? As far as I know. Yeah. No, nothing here except you. Why? Hey, wait, wait. This shot looks like the front of an apartment house. Part of the name in the picture. Black. Blackton Arms. The apartment where Edith was killed. Johnny, look. In the background, a man stepping out of the apartment house. Yeah, out of focus, hard to... Hold it. What is it? Is there a service entrance to your apartment? Yes. Somebody just came in. Get down. I shoved her to the floor and hit the light switch. None too soon. I eased out my gun but couldn't see a thing. And I knew I had to locate him before he located us. There was a cigarette lighter on the coffee table. I heaved it toward the kitchen and my aim was pretty good. The flash of his gun pegged him for me. I turned on the lights. It was Chatsworth, all right. I'd hit him in the shoulder, but he'd keep for the state. Johnny. He's the one who killed us, Edith Summers. Yeah, sure. He had an alibi rig, but he spoiled it by walking out of her apartment. Into the background of that picture Dunsmuir took of you. Then he's also the one who was in my apartment. He probably recognized you by your face. Figured he could find the name of the photographer here. Slugged you when you came in. And I thought it was Jerry Dunsmuir. Poor Jerry. Yeah. Well, I imagine when Chatsworth comes to, we'll find that he killed Dunsmuir to get the negative. He certainly wanted that picture. Yeah. Most pictures don't do people justice. But I guess this one will do him all right. Item eight, $36.80, transportation back home. Expense account total, $103 even. Remarks? Well, there's a little snapper to the story, Pat. You know, that picture Chanceworth was knocking himself out to get, he didn't realize it. But his face in the background was far too blurred to make an identification. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, well, the darling of me heart comes back to plague me again. My old friend, Meg McCarthy. So join us, won't you? Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. of an unintentional picture may be one that requires the most uh, suspension of disbelief, particularly if it's not uh, done well. I remember one TV episode where a murder was committed because a girl 
took a picture of somebody else. The man was in the background, and this would incriminate him. Now, there was, of course, no indication that this would be displayed prominently anywhere, or that anyone would be able to associate it. In fact, usually with these particular mysteries, the only way it works out that the criminal gets caught is because the detective looks into it and locates the picture. Otherwise, two or three days after the fact, nobody's going to remember the exact circumstances of when a picture was taken. Um, this episode did a better job than average with this particular scenario, and it was helped a little bit um, by the fact that uh, the killer could tell that he was dealing with a professional uh, photographer. And I think a professional photographer might be uh is certainly going to keep them in the uh keep the uh, print um plus depending on what he's doing the job for it could be displayed uh anywhere um and even if you know, didn't include the date uh, if you killed somebody you'd be very nervous about something showing up in a magazine so i think they did they did a good job of couching it as um as in a very believable way also, I was very excited at the end to hear we're going to have Meg back, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was from the Meg's Palace Matter back during the serial run. Uh, I continue to love the amount of continuity and returning characters put into Johnny Dollar. It really is just a, such a unique uh, feature of this particular series. All right, well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and uh, we have uh, a a comment from Patricia, who, uh, who says, I have to thank you for the years of blissful sleep. The great detectives of old time radio has been a part of my bedtime listening routine for a long time now. It's the last thing I listened to before drifting off. I knew the show would serve well in this capacity as 25 years ago, a local TV station played old Terry Mason episodes at my bedtime, and those shows worked the same magic. There's comfort in the familiarity of the voices and even the plot structure. Aside from telling you how much I appreciate your show and the work you do to make it available to us week in and week out, I was spurred to finally write today for two reasons. One, your fundraising campaign is underway, and I really wanted to contribute. Done. And two, for the last few nights, Stitcher has not been offering your show. I received an email from Stitcher this morning explaining their difficulties and assurances that it will soon be addressed and set right. In the meantime, I've added the great detectives to my iTunes podcast and tune-in radio list, so I'm sure not to miss an episode. Uh, and thank you, Patricia. Uh, and that's, she's from Toronto, Ontario. And definitely a good way to have yourself covered uh, in case uh, one particular app fails. And uh, listeners can also uh, go to the website at greatdetectives.net and download the file of the day to their computer if that works for them as well. Now we have a comment regarding episode 1495, The Mary Grace Matter. Um, and uh, Bobby Lee says, love seeing the other side of Johnny. And certainly that was a very... Uh, uh, interesting uh, performance and very different. It uh, just gives a little peek into the heart, into the uh, character of Johnny Dollar. Uh, and then we had a uh, tweet from uh, Tampa Girl FL who says, uh, regarding our bold venture episode, the Spanish accents sound uh, more like Russian. Ha ha, love the show. Well, thanks so much. And 
actually, the accents did sound a little bit um, off, but um, uh, sometimes that is just the case with uh, Golden Age uh, radio programs. And it may have been that they were trying to affect a different type of Latin American accent for realism. Because this story was set in the uh, Dominican Republic. So they may have been reaching for something just outside their normal range. Uh, and then this comment from Wes, who has been listening to our old sh shows, and I do appreciate his uh, uh, comments. Most of them would just require too much backstory on to read on the air, but I like him reading the comments so people who come and listen later um, hear them. But Wes uh, says, regarding episode 783, Let George Do It, The Starlight Pier, uh, at the very end of this uh, episode, you talk briefly about names creeping into the shows that now, decades later, we recognize from someone else, like characters named Jimmy Carter. I found this very funny listening in February 2015, because the announcer listed the other actors heard in this program, and the last one named was Eric Snowden. That's a name we'd recognize in 2015, but would have meant nothing in October 2012 when you posted this. Thanks so much, Wes. Uh, appreciate the comment, and uh, nice catch. Um, and not one I would notice just because I don't tend to go and listen to my old stuff. So, uh, appreciate you sharing. Tomorrow, we return with Dragnet. And join us back here next Friday for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. In the meantime, I do encourage you to support our listener support campaign, support.greatdetectives.net. And among the uh, thank you gifts we do have are gift certificates to radioarchives.com. This is a small business, and I really love the quality of sound on their reproductions. It's really premium, almost luxurious, I think would be a very good word for their sound. And you can choose from some of their smaller old-time radio sets or their larger ones. For a donation of $50, uh, we'll send you a, a gift card good for one of their smaller sets. And a $100, we'll send you one that's good for one of their larger sets in terms of the uh, download. It's particularly nice because it's high quality, and if you're outside the country, you can just uh, listen to it, download it on your computer, and not have to have something shipped out. Uh, at any rate, full list available items at support.greatdetectives.net, and uh, mail in donations if you would like to P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. Please review restrictions and be sure checks are made out to Adam Graham. Uh, and speaking of that, I am he, and that's all for today. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.